Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of introducing my friend, Jimmy. Jimmy LaRoe is a doctor of occupational therapy and has a bachelor's of psychology and rhetoric. He is the owner of Abundance Life Coaching, where he works with clients to improve every aspect of their lives. Throughout his relationships, he has studied communication intently and is married to his sweet wife, Sarah LaRoe, where he embraces all opportunities to communicate lovingly and effectively. Amid all of these experiences, Jimmy has been honored to study the best to pursue excellence in the realm of life skills and personal growth to empower others and to empower themselves. I'm so excited to have you here, Jimmy. I'm so glad that we connected on a podcast after connecting about a year and a half ago. Thank you so much. Yeah. So we originally met through a network marketing company, uh, through the grapevine of, you know, all of our mutual friends and things like that. And I love your energy. I love what you're about. I love how much you love helping people. And I'm so excited about this podcast today because we're going to be diving into the topic of relationships and intimacy, which is in alignment with where my next course, Sex and Money, is going. So I'm super happy to have a man on the show as well to talk about this because it's usually women in the space that I interview when it comes to relationships and intimacy and all things like that. Wow. I'm honored. Yeah. So let's let's dive into this. Uh, So firstly, how did you get into occupational therapy and then uh, sort of transition into more of the life coaching space? Yeah, 100%. So with the life coaching, well, sorry, the occupational therapy, how did I get into occupational therapy? So I was a patient myself. I was in a head-on car collision April 10, 2011, and I wasn't supposed to walk, live, use my hand again, anything like that. And uh, through all the therapies that I went through, Occupational therapy was the one that stood out because they worked more on metacognition and that's thinking about thinking as well as my fine motor skills while doing an an occupation because occupations are anything that occupy your time. And I was fascinated by how they used those occupations of cards or anything like that or getting me to get enough supination to be able to play guitar again. Like they helped me pursue what I wanted to do. And I was just so fascinated by that. So then I Finished uh, Wabash College and wrestling career and all that, pursuing the psychology route. Yeah. And those were the perfect re- prerequisites for the doctorate program. And that's uh, how that all came to fruition. Yeah. So you've done a doctorate in occupational therapy. So for our listeners who are not familiar with what occupational therapy is, and being that mm-hmm. I've gone through a motor vehicle accident myself, mm-hmm. can you give us a few examples of some of the stuff that you did in your rehabilitation time that sort of 
triggered your interest in, I mean, you sort of said, got you back into the things you love, but what were some of the things that really sparked your interest into going down that road? Yeah, absolutely. I would say just, yeah, the meaningful use of occupations to fuel someone's recovery, right? And then really getting to know the full person, not just the physical biomechanical things, because we specialize in that as well. But what separates us from, let's say, the physical therapist, which is our beautiful cousin, right? <laughs> the OTs are more of the the mind to muscle stuff, right? Wow, I love that. So then I can also see, all right, so if I was treating you, Sandra, I would, yeah. after your experiences, I would say, what are your roles right now, right? Yeah. You want to get back into being a daughter? You want to get back into being a, in a relationship? Dog a mom. significant <laughs> other? Yeah, whatever those things are. So yeah. That's what that that's what appealed to me was I wanted to get back into wrestling. I wanted yeah. to be a college wrestler again. My goal is to be NCAA champ and nobody was gonna stop me until this was thrust upon me. Right. It's like, how do you adapt now? And then that's really transitioned to the life coaching because one of my best phrases, favorite phrases, is I have no problems in life, only opportunities. Mm, and love when that. you start framing it like that, the energy and the things that come to you, because so as you seek, so shall you find. Yep. It's, it's there all the time. So. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's just about opportunities because, yeah, and it's so funny you said that because I just saw a quote that was similar, which was like, um, it's not about what happens to us. It's about how we respond to it. Right. Mm. And there's always, life is always going to throw us curveballs and we can't, we can't help things like a motor vehicle accident or, you know, a a parent dying or something like that. But it's what we take out of the experience and how Mm -hmm. we learn and grow that facilitates our future. We have an opportunity Mm -hmm. of looking in two different directions of going down one path of self-sabotage and destruction and, you know, self-pity and pain and suffering, or we can say, okay, what do we need to do to come out of this stronger? Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Not why me, but what for? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the life coaching because I think life coaching can sometimes get a bad rep in the, in the sense that anybody can just call themselves a life coach these days. And in your case, I mean, you've got the, the technical experience and background to go with Mm -hmm. it, with the psychology background, occupational therapy background. So, you know, by definition, if I was looking for a life coach, I would want to see somebody who has the actual educational background to support it as well as the experience. So I would love to hear what your definition of life coaching is and an example of some of the work that you do with your clients. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I love that that question, Sandra, too. Just looking at what is life coaching, first off, and then how how can it be of service to others? and I don't know. It's that's level seven of the formula for healthy change is life. And so many people just say, Oh, I want to live. I want to change my life. I'm like, yeah, how are you going to do that? Like, I don't know. Well, that's, that's not a very good start. Let's, let's maybe break those things (laughs) down into manageable steps and let's look at your square, right? What's your, what's your physical relationship, your mental, your spiritual, your emotional, right? And then we work on getting those numbers up. Your self-confidence is your self-trust. So what are manageable steps to that? And yeah, I mean, it's it's so diverse. It's such a broad area because every life is so intricate and different and unique. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about it. That's what gets me excited to coach other people because people like who are like themselves or who they would like to be, nothing else. Yeah. 
So if I can match and mirror where my clients are, right, and see where they're at, meet them where they're at, and pull them where they want to be or need to be, that's that's life coaching in a nutshell to me. Is just we can get you through your BS, and I'm not trying to say bull crap. I'm trying to say your belief systems, right? Yeah, you believe that you're not worthy or not lovable, those types of things. Yeah. We got to slay that. That's not true. Yeah. 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 And, and it's so interesting what you said about like feeling not worthy or not lovable, how that can have mm-hmm. a rippling effect into every area of your life, not just relationships, but in business, in a client meeting, in sales, in marketing. You know, one of the things that I work on with clients is uh, particularly business owners. I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs and business owners in their first two years of business. And one of the one of the things that I notice almost every single time that comes up is they don't believe that they can charge more for their services because they have a self-worth issue. And it doesn't matter how educated, how much experience, they could have 20 years experience and a you know master's degree in something. They still don't feel like they're worth more than what they're currently earning or that what they're currently charging. And that belief system is so ingrained in us that it's almost like these neural pathways that we believe to be true as opposed to a story that we've created. Mm, Gosh, that's so well said. And I love too, that as you speak about that, I mean, you'll, you'll find the things that you believe are true and Mm -hmm. you'll make sure that your subconscious is right. Yeah. Finding finding the evidence. Yeah, exactly. You're finding it. So then we live in the comparison trap, which is the land of Ur. Yeah. prettier, wealthier. We find yes. those people that are those er things, right? Mm-hmm. We're also looking at parts of their shelves, not all of the whole thing. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, you've got like 40 years of experience. Well, there's some other people that have, you know, 60. So <laughs> where's, where's my value, right? Yeah. And it's like, man, what an Comparison opportunity. trap, yeah. 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 So when you are working with clients that are in that comparison trap, what are some of the things or like tools that you use? And and we will transition into intimacy and relationships because I think it is all connected, but what are some of the tools that you use uh, when it comes to comparison to help people remove themselves? Because I know comparison is a really toxic thing in relationships as well. There's always the, oh, I, I'm, you know, and, and my case as an example, I'm 35 years old. I'm, you know, in a new-ish relationship, but I'm not married. I don't have kids, never have been. And so it's easy for me to say, oh, I should be married by now. I should have kids by now. I should be, should be, should be. You know, the should or ers are- Yeah, are, yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so in relationships, it's easy to look left and right and compare yourself to other couples as well. Mm. It's like, oh, they're having children. They got married. They got engaged after two years. And I've been with my partner for five years. You know, there's all these evil comparisons that can eat us alive and actually have a big impact on our relationship itself. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you work with people to sort of break down that barrier of comparison? Absolutely. Well, uh, Give a shout out to Neuro Linguistic Programming by Dr. Matt James. Love him to death. I love using the techniques of Swish, all the different ways of structure to see what is true, right? What's true? Because it, if I'm just looking at what's true, when you were speaking of the things of, oh, I'm this this many years old. Well, actually, you're, you said 34, 35. 35. 35. 35 yep. years young you are. Years young, right? Yeah. 
Because when I look at you, it's like, wow, glory to God. Like that, that is a beautiful woman. God is an artist and she is his. That is so awesome. Right? <laughs> Thank you. So that's, that's what I saw, but you didn't see that with your right. age. Right. Yeah. And so like, how can we see what is true? Like you're a beautiful yeah. woman at 35 years young. You're yep. killing it. Okay. We just changed the frame of what that looked like. Then we yeah. go into the next thing. And so it's just what is true because the truth will set you free every time. Yeah. And it's, that could be the things that convict us. That could be the, the things that we believe are true, but we're just looking at it in a different way. And as mm -hmm. you might know with neuro-linguistic programming, there's 2 million bits of information coming at us at once, every moment. And yeah. we can only process 126 of those bits of information. So there's just a chance that out of the 2 million, I might be focused on the worst part of those pieces of information. So it's just kind of changing how we distort, delete, or generalize that information to make it fit what we can work with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you that you brought up NLP, neuro linguistic programming, because that's something that I only recently learned about this year, oh, and I'm beautiful. fascinated by it. I am absolutely fascinated by it. I um yeah. I work closely with a, a lady that I met in a mastermind. Uh, last year, who is an NLP uh, master coach, and her yes. and I were co-coaching her. I was helping her with her business, and she was helping me with, you know, my, all my programming. And I learned about it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting about how, as you mentioned, if we get two million bits of information, our subconscious will train us to pick up mm -hmm. on the things that we are, you know, programmed and conditioned to to noticing. So for example, right. if somebody has a trauma from their childhood around, I don't know, somebody yelling, right? If somebody starts yelling at us, we're not going to hear anything they're saying. All we're going to relate to is the screaming because that is brings us back to a moment in our past where that neuro-linguistic programming has been ingrained in our brain to be responsive to that yelling or yes. whatever, right? right? And how and then how we can change those neural pathways mm -hmm. to actually recreate our new path and our future. 100%. Oh, I love this stuff. I get, I nerd I nerded out hard on this stuff last uh, this year. So, I'm super excited about, you know, yeah. diving well, deeper sure into this. I've got uh, discounts for the next ones that are coming up and stuff, so I'll make sure we Oh, get yeah. That link. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. connect on that. So, when it comes to I I want to dive into relationships and intimacy and how that part of your work is uh, the the work that you do with your clients because as we know, every area of our life is connected. You know, we look at the wheel of life and there's the finances and the career and the physical health and physical environment and stuff. But then we also have romance, love, relationships, and family. So in your experience, I know you um, are recently married about, what is it, a year and a half ago? Yeah, it's uh, August 29th will be our two years. Oh, amazing! Yeah, so I was I was pretty close because I remember yeah, I remember were. seeing your your wedding and stuff on online, um, awesome. and and you I know you have a beautiful relationship with your wife. Let's talk about some of the common, uh, you know, intimacy challenges and communication challenges that couples mm -hmm. have, and and how they can start to work through them on a you know key takeaways if they were listening to this mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, hundred percent. So. Uh, I would say going to the to the search, um, one really good book, if anybody wants to do more diligent study, would be The Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. And that is such a good one. And 
through my experiences, I've kind of created a outline, if you will. But the first being admiration, right? It's very important to you admire your partner, right? Mm. You don't want to make, you don't want to be in a, you, you have a relational compatibility that's a shared appreciation for both personality and character. There's a vast difference in those two things, right? So as we look at that, it's a mutual respect, I guess, and appreciation for each other. You'll never, you'll never find a true companion that bugs you or consistently embarrasses you or who you have little or dwindling respect for, right? Um, but if, if you love them, do you genuinely like them as well? Because that's a big deal. So just kind of finding that right away, if there's red flags, maybe wait it out a little bit when you're dating because you might be in the infatuation phase. Mm, right. Yeah, that honeymoon phase, the lust, yeah. sexual attraction, but then Yeah. Like I just I'm so blinded by your gorgeous eyes, I can't even get past anything else. Right, right. right. So yeah. I'm I'm thinking with emotion instead of actually thinking. Yeah. So yeah, that's admiration. Then you have, you know, the chemistry, the beingness. So a lot of people they'll have a list of what the person needs to be and you know, how's that partner gonna be right for me? It's like, wow, mm -hmm. well. Maybe you're asking the wrong question. Maybe the question could be, how can I be the best for my partner? Mm -hmm. So now you're focusing more on becoming, mm -hmm. right? We're human beings, not doings. So if I focus on what I'm becoming and I'm becoming courageous, I'm becoming compassionate, I'm becoming brave, I'm becoming honest, all those things, now you're going to attract that. And as you become more, you'll see it because as you spot it, you got it right? Mm, as you spot it, yeah. you got it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and that's sometimes on the bad side of things too. You might, yeah. somebody might really irritate you because they're so egocentric and full of themselves or something, but yeah. you're only spotting that because it's in you. Mm, right. I love that. Yeah. So as I become better and the best beingness that ever could be, right? Be, do, then have. You yeah. got to be before you can do and do before you can have. I'm sure you've heard yeah. good old Zig Ziglar saying that, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's so essential. And then when we get into that, it's like, man, now we have honest conversations, which is so much about what you've said too, yes. about having honest, transparent conversations, right? Yep. Well, what I've learned in my experiences is some people don't want the full story right away, right? Mm -hmm. I gave them everything I've ever did and all these things, but I didn't share the good parts of me mm -hmm. as much, right? So what I do, picture I do that I as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let me tell you everything I ever did. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's good, but maybe balanced vulnerability. There's, there's so much power in vulnerability, but a balanced version of that is so helpful because why do I need to share every single mistake that's created me into the person I am today that doesn't exist anymore. Right. I so. love that. I feel like that's a really good takeaway for myself because I feel like, you know, whenever I would start dating somebody, I would sort of put all my red flags on the table and just be like, by the way, this and this and this and this and this happened to me. You know, this is what, who I've become since and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, mm. well, we haven't even had a chance to connect on a deeper level before you're telling me all these things. And I think the reason yeah. why I would do it is out of fear that if they found out later, they would mm. break it off with me and, and feel like, oh, well, I don't want to put myself in a position to get hurt. So if they know everything at the outset, then there's no reason for them to continue if that's a deal breaker for them. Right. And, and one of your values is honesty. So Absolutely. you feel like you're being honest, right? right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think as you mentioned, like vulnerability, a balanced vulnerability, I'm taking some notes as you're talking, balanced vulnerability Mm -hmm. is a really interesting one because we want to show up authentically when we're meeting somebody and when we're building that connection. But sometimes the connection takes a little bit longer to build and there is a certain level of curiosity that, that builds that chemistry and excitement mm. Mm. of wanting to get to know someone more. Yeah. Like what, what else can I learn about you? Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you are further now, that's obviously more for the beginning stages of a relationship. What about when you're further along keeping that spark alive, because I don't know about you, but in my friend circle, I have seen so many relationship breakdowns in the last 12 months um, Mm. and people that have been together for like, you know, five plus years. And I feel like that five year mark is really telling in relationships because Mm. the first two years, you're really getting to know each other, having a lot of fun. Mm. And then maybe you move in together and then things get real in that next three years. And then at the five-year mark, it's, you know, a lot of people grow apart and, and if they, especially if they meet young, by the time they get into their thirties, they start to develop more of themselves and their own interests and their own values. Mm -hmm. And their partner may not be developing in that, developing and growing in that same way. So Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that people can do in their relationship to either reignite the spark or to keep the spark alive. Gosh, I'm so excited because that is such a choice every moment of every day, right? And if we go back just a little bit, whether you're in a relationship that you've been in for four years or one that you're just starting, this applies still because if you can be flexible with these forms of compatibility, that's when change can happen, right? And as as we just talk about this, it's ABC, awareness before change change before transformation, right? Mm. So as we grow our awareness of these things is when change can be possible. So as we look at like personality compatibility, recreational compatibility, that one especially can be flexible, right? So I love, I love adventure. I love fitness. I love, I love dinner. I love landscape. I love cutting wood. <laughs> like a bunch of crazy stuff, So right? Canadian, and, <laughs> except you're not Canadian. <laughs> I'm half Canadian. Are you? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. See, there you go. I learned something new. And where, remind me, where do you live now? I'm in Indiana. So Indiana. my, my okay. father was in the Navy and he met my, yeah. my mom who was in Newfoundland, Canada. Oh, hilarious. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense why you like to chop wood. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. So, but that, that's something that can be adjusted, right? For, for, for me at least. Like, so it's like, what does fitness look like? Let's say that I want fitness that's in a gym. I want to be pursuing my best at all times. So isolated symmetry lifting, all that type of stuff, compound lifts, all that is very important to me. How important is it to you? Can we go to the gym together mm-hmm. and either separate or work out together? So if those are things that are occupying, again, occupations, right? Mm-hmm. Occupy a lot of our time. All right. Can we, can we mend on any of these things? And so that's just a good thing to know, I guess. And also looking at like spiritual compatibility. That yes. for me is something yeah. I won't adjust on. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that's something that's pretty good to communicate on. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And so then you also look at your parents and their parents as well. Yeah. You got to remember grandparents are going to be in their lives a lot, raising up your kids. Mm-hmm. What's that look like? 
you know? Mm-hmm. Are they, yep. we, we got, we got Buddha, we got Tao Te Ching, we got Jesus Christ. Like what's the yep. belief system here? Right. Yep. So. And, and values, even coming down to values, because I know yes. that we, you know, we talked about, um, and family history is something that comes up a lot. And, and I do a, an exercise with my clients at the beginning of their program. So I do a 10 session program. And the second mm. session is going over money stories and what money was like growing up. Yeah. And some of the questions that I have in the money story exercise are, what is your earliest memory of money as a child? Mm. And mm. how do you feel that, um, your earliest experiences with money have had an impact on your, on your behaviors with money as an adult. Now this is obviously related to money, but the same goes for how your mom treated your dad, how your parents treated you and your siblings, how, you know, your upbringing, all, all of these different things that we do. Some people's parents were smokers. Some people's parents were fighting at home all the time. Other people's parents were taking them to other countries so that they could experience what other cultures were like for Mm -hmm. children in different, you know, third world countries, for example. So all of those experience, as we know from NLP, leave an imprint on our brains as children. Mm -hmm. So really looking at that family history, I think is so important. So yeah, important. that's called our IR, which is an internal representation. Mm, okay, yeah, that's good to know. And those can change if you want them to. Yeah. And so yeah. if you're looking, so let's say you have found your partner and you're in this, you know, three to five year mark in your relationship, because I find that that's where a lot of my friends were sort of getting stuck. If you weren't totally in line from a values and family perspective, mm-hmm. what what are the chances or what are the, you know, ways that people can still make it work and reprogram themselves to, Mm. to changing or breaking the, you know, either generational trauma or things like that? I think I would go back to standards. What is that person's standards? And is it one that's of growth? Because if, if the standards are of growth, you can look at so many different ways of values and chunk up, right? So what's the purpose of that? What's the purpose of that? And what you'll find is that there's so much more similarities than you thought, right? Mm, A lot of people come to love, right? Yep. I mean, that's the two commands that I try to follow, love God and love others, you know? Yeah. And, And loving, you know, and people, a lot of people don't come from similar backgrounds. So there obviously is a way to make it work, right? Right. Yeah. And that's what I would say is just going back to your standards and then chunking mm-hmm. up from there and like seeing, oh my gosh, like we're very similar actually. Yeah. And here's, here's how we can actually change. Oh yeah. I, I guess I, one of my standards was love, but me uh, not listening to you, I guess that wasn't love, huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and so being, yeah. And I think, um, you know, as you just brought up in that example, not listening, that's, <laughs> that's one that I'm notoriously bad for sometimes in relationships. And, and I think, you know, the awareness of it is I was only brought to the awareness of it because the other person had the courage to tell me. Mm, Yeah. And I think often in relationships, we dance around this, not wanting to upset or give, you know, constructive criticism or feedback to our partner about something that Mm. bothers us. So instead we continually let it bother us until Mm. it becomes such a big problem that we explode. Wow. Wow or break up or, you know, self-sabotage or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So do you have any 
either strategies or advice for people who are bottling up their emotions and yes. not feeling that courage to speak up about what their needs are? Yeah. So first would be a, an awareness. It's a metacognition technique of reminding yourself, listen to learn and learn to listen. And then secondly, how can I attack the problem, not the person? Right? Or if you're I love Christian that. or whatever, how can I attack the sin, not the person? Right? Yeah. Because that is not you. Yeah. What's happening here? Right? That's not all of you. It's a it's a part of what your behaviors are doing or pursuing or whatever. So if we look at it from that point of view, I can detach this person that I love and care about and cherish so much from the action. Mm. Right? Yep. So now we can just pursue the action together and then from looking at another high point of view, I always want to show a response over a reaction, right? A response so if we look at- over a reaction. Okay, let me let me yeah. digest that for a second. So, okay, so you're yeah, so you're not reacting out of like defensiveness or anger or any of those yeah. kinds of emotions. Yeah, and so and that's the thing too. Like, there's three things that mediate a response. There's three things that mediate a reaction. A reaction is mediated by impulse my my emotions and then my focus which is on me that's it and love yep. is selfless not selfish mm. right then i look at response that is mediated by thinking first going outside of myself for my perspective and then oh, showing love i love that yeah and then that third love part it's like there's a lot of different ways that we can show love whether it's in the significant other, which is the context that we'll talk about, but that can happen with your friends that are coming at you all wrong. Like you just, you could use opposite actions, right? They, they say I'm ugly or this, this, or that. It's like, man, I love your eyes, bro. That was a weird, weird response, right? But that was a response. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the same thing with love. I would say praise, criticism, praise is a very good technique to communicate something to people, but don't minimize that negative either, right? Yeah, that's real. That needs to be communicated effectively. So it's not to say fluff it up, give this minuscule example what the frick's on your heart, and then fluff it up again. That's not at all what this technique is. Mm -hmm. It might even start with like a positive slash negative of saying, "Hey, we need to talk. I've got something that's on my heart." Sounds good, right? Yeah. So then we go and we talk about it, and the positive might be like, "Babe, I seriously." I appreciate this, this, and this about you. And that's genuine. That's not flattery, mm -hmm. right? I am genuinely telling you what I so appreciate about you and us. Now, what I've noticed, don't ever say but. Do yeah. not say but. <laughs> and don't say however. However is just a, a slight but, right? Mm -hmm. I don't like either one of those. Because as soon as you say that, everything you said goes out the window. Say and. Right. I appreciate and love this and this and this about you. And what I've noticed is that if we, if we get into this type of situation, we have both missed the opportunity to communicate to each other in this way. So don't just point the finger, because I've got opportunities too. It's not you and me, it's us and we, always. Ah, uh, I love that. So I will never ever say you have this issue. We do. We are a team. We wear the same jerseys on the same team. You're going to be dunking, I'm going to be dunking. That's yeah. it, right? Oh my gosh, I'm so, sending this to like five of my clients that I can think uh, about right now. <laughs> I am so excited. 
Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So positive and move forward. So yeah. That so we've it. got, so the strategy just to, to repeat is, um, say that again, it was the, the part where you say what they've done well or the appreciation, then the yep. feedback. Yep. So the, what they've done, what the, the appreciation is, what you admire, your true love, the positive, right? Yep. Then the, the feedback, yep. then you can call it negative. I like feedback way more. That's yep. more neutral, right? Yep. It's just emotional messages. So the feedback and then ending again with the positive. Right. Saying like, hey, and I, and I respect you just hearing me out here. These are all true things. I respect you hearing me out right now and just listening. And I, I know that you're always trying to pursue the best that you can be just like I am. So I'm excited to move forward together. What do you think, yeah. babe? And then yeah. bam, let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this. I love this. And this is, it's, it's amazing how hard this is for people to do. Oh, so hard. I, you know, I work with people of all ages. I work with private clients between the ages of sort of 30 and my oldest client is 65. So wow. there are some clients out there who have been together for so many years that mm. when we are doing uh, one of the exercises, I actually get them to start with an appreciation and gratitude of three things they appreciate about their partner that their partner's mm. done recently or since the beginning wow. of the program that has demonstrated change or that has demonstrated that they're committed. And this is the hardest part of the exercise for them because so they what I find often happens in a relationship when people get to a point of conflict or a point of, um, I don't I want to say the word upsetness. That's not even a word, but you know what I mean? Where they're, yeah, where they're yeah. frustrated, where there's something going on in their relationship that is getting under their skin. It's very hard for them to come back to a place of love and not communicate from a place of uh, pain right? So what they want to do and what they often will do is say, this thing bothers me. That thing does, you know, this person does that. They spend too much money on this. I don't understand why they don't communicate about that. And, and it's so easy for us to play the blame game mm. rather than what you said is like, hey, we are a team. We're wearing the same jersey here. How do we work together to improve this thing? That is mm -hmm. an issue for us. And, yeah. and it's, it's the accountability of knowing that there's no I in team and that if mm -hmm. somebody has been doing something for an extended period of time that rubs you the wrong way or, or that doesn't sit well with you, it is equally your responsibility to communicate them that to them mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and facilitate that change or support them in that transition and yes. acknowledging you know the things that they do do well. Because it's so 100%. easy to just point a finger and and ignore the other nine things that they've done well, mm. right? Gosh, I love it. Yeah, it, the so the life manual tells me take the plank out of your own eye so you can accurately see the speck in your brother mm. or sister, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what you just said. It's so well is like it's it's really extreme ownership, right? Yeah, there's any relationship that didn't work out. I take full responsibility. Mm -hmm. I didn't before. Before was like, yep. what was me? Oh, they didn't give me a chance or any of that kind of stuff. Yep. Like I was so upset, right? But then I was like yep. looking at it, it's like, no, I was not confident in who I was. Yeah. And yep. I was codependent. I was looking for validation. 
I can start to see, okay, here's my opportunities. Don't shame yourself either because then you're not effective either, Yeah. right? No, these were opportunities. What an opportunity. Now I'm going to take this into the next one that God provides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's just, yeah, so important from, we're just not, in our society, we're just not trained to take feedback and to action it and mm. to, you know, we're, we're so used to, I, I mean, I just remember this one particular time when I was working in corporate and one of my old bosses, it was like six months into me working there and he brought me into his office and he started scolding me about, uh, about a spreadsheet that I was doing and taking too long to do when I had never been trained on it, it was basically like, here, go figure this out. We're understaffed. There's no one around that has capacity to train you on this thing. So Mm -hmm. I was sitting there fiddling around and, you know, trying, trying, trying. And it's so easy for somebody to be like, Hey, you didn't do a good job of this. You didn't train or you didn't do this thing fast enough. And and this could be with anything, right? It's like, Oh, you didn't go grocery shopping correctly. You bought the wrong things. You brought the, you know, you brought the wrong stuff home. You spent too much money. Where it's like, okay, if you had an expectation that they brought a certain grocery brand home or that they did a certain spreadsheet properly or that they uh loved you in a way that that resonated with you, like let's say they don't know your love language and they don't know that quality time is important to you. So instead they're buying you gifts all the time. You know, if you don't communicate your expectations, Mm -hmm. then you're setting your partner up for failure or you're setting your colleague up for failure because Mm -hmm. they don't, they're not mind readers. Mm. They don't know what you want otherwise. Absolutely. And I love in those examples that you shared too, like that structure of praise, criticism, praise is there. Mm -hmm. It, It would have been more effective. I also I don't like to should on myself or mm-hmm. have anybody else should on their self, right? Right. Well, I could have done this. That would have been more effective, right. right? I could have. This would have been more effective. So if we go back, let's say the praise, criticism, praise technique, if I start to develop this habit of doing that, I will always look for the positive first. Right. I will always and go to so gratitude important. first. It's the best attitude. Gratitude is the best attitude always. Yeah. Yeah. It's hundred percent the best energy. So if I go to that, that gratitude, right. And then go to it first. Hey, I really appreciate you going out and getting groceries for us, you know, or getting yeah, these. Thank items. you so much for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You are so ambitious. God bless. Right. Yeah. And then I go to the negative, the feedback. One thing that I've noticed can help us be more effective would be this, this, and this. Yeah. But again, thank you so much for going out and getting those things. I really appreciate it. If you can make sure that we, do these things next time, I think that'll be like a hundred percent match. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how different that sounds. Yeah. Like, let's say it's, you know, didn't check the pricing and bought something ridiculously expensive at the grocery store. Right. It's like, if you just go and say, what the hell are you spending that $25 on passion fruits for when, you know, we didn't need those or something like that, yeah. as opposed to being like, Hey, thank you so much for going and getting groceries. Yeah. And I noticed that, you know, you got passion fruits. Maybe we could have gone ahead and gotten a fruit that was on sale instead because it was yeah. actually 25 bucks and right. you know, we're on a, we're on a budget right now, but thanks again for going yeah. out and getting that on your way home. It saved me a lot of time. So I didn't have mm. to do it. It 100%. just lands so differently, doesn't it? it yeah. feels so it's much a total, total different experience. And it takes maybe 30 more seconds. Right. 
But then what's the time of the long-term trauma that you're mm-hmm. saving too, right? Yeah. That person maybe never wants to go grocery shopping for you again. <laughs> for sure. And they then, don't want to screw it up. Gosh. I, I love too, when you were doing the process, I was like, yes. And one <laughs> thing that would be added would be ask questions. Yeah. Just, just be curious. Yeah. yeah. Humble posture of curiosity saying, was that the only passion fruits that were, were there? Yeah. Were there any on sale? Or was there a reason you bought passion fruit? And you never know. Maybe they wanted to make passion fruit martinis that night and surprise you because passion fruits are not exactly a staple fruit. You know what I mean? It's not like bananas or something. Mm. And the way you asked me that question just now, I felt safe to answer Mm -hmm. because some people do the ask questions principle, but it's very bad because I know when you ask a question, you're mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, I don't know what the right answer is. Um, What do you want me to say? Yeah. Right? Like, (laughs) no. If, if you yeah. ask a question like, hey, like, what, what, what made you choose passion fruit? And then they give an answer. It's like, solid. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, it. oh, okay. I guess we're having $47 passion fruit martinis at home tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of a banana in our smoothie tomorrow morning. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then yeah. that's another question. What do you think of that for next time? Yeah. I think that yeah, sounds totally. Great. You know, and it's amazing. Like, it sounds like such a silly example to talk about grocery shopping or to talk about, you know, cutting the lawn or Mm. picking the kids up or doing, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's those little mundane conversations though, that are usually the ones that come up the most and are the most frustrating in relationships. It's not the conversations about ambition or career or, you know, future planning, those ones generally people can get on the same page about. It's the day-to-day things like, why were you taking so long in the bathroom this morning when you knew that I had to take the kids to school and all all the kids needed to use the bathroom before we left? Like things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to giving the feedback of, I don't know, thank you for helping making our kids breakfast this morning. I would really appreciate it if you didn't spend 20 minutes in the bathroom when you know we have to be out the door at 8.30. Maybe you could wait until after we leave. But again, you know, thanks for making their lunches that really sped up the process this morning. Yes. Appreciate our teamwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this. I feel like I got so many nuggets already from that. <laughs> so let's transition into uh, a little bit more on the intimacy side of things because mm. I yeah. love this topic. And with my sex and money course coming up, I would love to hear from a man's perspective, how do you keep intimacy and the spark alive in a marriage wow. from a from a physical attraction you know, perspective mm. and yeah. keeping that, you know, getting, getting past the day-to-day conversations and really feeling excited and attracted mm. and, and hot with your, with your yeah. wife. Absolutely. Well, I love too. I mean, the physical intimacy is, I, I have not yet made it to 40 years of marriage, but I will. Yeah. Lord willing, I'll be there. Right. Yeah. And the same principles will apply. Right. And it's, it's kind of the, before before we even dated, I waited six months because Proverbs 19.2 says, the man that hurries his footsteps errs. Do not be precipitated. I go 110 miles per hour in everything that I do, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just messed up. I can tell. Like, That's okay. That, that was justified. Finally, I was like, just slow down. And I waited six months before I dated her. Just friendship. Yeah. And I learned yeah. something of 
just talking with them about purpose and like all these good question things until four o'clock in the morning when you got to get up to work in the next morning. Like those moments, I realized if I never had another physical sexual experience in my life, that companionship is worth it. Mm. And so I got to know the person and really be with and love with, right? And then in those six months that we didn't date, we weren't allowed to kiss. I was trying to make operational definitions because yeah, I want to yeah. save it until we yeah. date, you know? Yeah. And so we did half kisses. It's like so bizarre, but literally <laughs> it's like a half kiss. And then finally when we did date, and this is so weird, but it worked for us. Then yeah. when we did date and we actually had that kiss, it's like, whoa, just a yeah. load of intimacy, right? Yeah. And then we saved it until we got married. Yeah. So that was a year, which was yeah. super hard. I was clawing at the opportunity. Right. Yeah. In my mind internally. And how long have you guys been together total now? So it, it'll be, oh, total. Uh, let's see. We dated for a year and a half before we got married. And then you've been married for two years this month. Yeah. 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 So I love that you spent that six part, month. Yeah. That six month yeah. lead up. That's really cool. Oh yeah. And that's, it's so beautiful too. Cause once we finally did have that sexual experience when we just, mm, man, amazing. Right. Yeah. And so that was a pivotal milestone in our relationship, right? I had some experience previously. She had none. Yeah. And so then that was another blend of communicating effectively. Hey, I really love it when you do this. Yeah. I'm not a fan of this. Like, mm -hmm. like when you scratch yeah. me that hard, it's not that cool, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't want to be choked out on the first time that we have sex. <laughs> yeah, and that's so important to like communicate because it's like, if you do like to be choked out, Maybe I can choke you to Ease a certain that. level that's still safe yeah. and pleasurable for you and pleasurable for me. And not um, going to end in death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, I'm only, again, people I say, oh, you're in the honeymoon phase. It's like, I will be in the honeymoon phase for the rest of my life because I choose to. Mm, right? That's so nice. I love that. I choose to love her. Every morning, yeah. in the, every morning that I get up and she's next to me, I'm like, wow, what an opportunity to love this woman the best that I can. Right. And if I just continue to make that choice and even have that internal dialogue with myself, that changes everything that I do for the rest of the day. Yeah. Right. And I, before I had a woman in my, in my, a wife in my bed, I said the same thing, but it was to love everybody. Mm -hmm. So I now get to say, I get to love her. Then I get to love everybody else. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. from a and point of servant leadership, I would say. Servant and leadership. Yep. Yeah. And really and leading in that way. I think what you have said there really hit home for me is like, I get to love this person as mm. opposed to they should love me. Mm. You know, yeah. it's, we often will look at relationships and especially when we're not happy in a relationship, why are they not loving me? Why are they mm. not doing this for me? Why are yeah. they not you know, wanting to have sex? Why are they not showing intimacy and love and connection mm -hmm. as opposed to who do I need to become for that person to love me mm -hmm. back? Who do I need to yeah. become to love this person to a point where they want to love me back? Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. You know, yeah. where it comes down to wearing the same jerseys again, you guys are on mm -hmm. the same team. And if someone is, was in love with you at one point and they're you know, the love is fading or stagnating or 
or whatever, then it's, it's looking in the mirror and saying, what have I, how have I changed or how have I, how have I led this relationship down this path? Where did I drop Mm -hmm. the ball? Mm, Yeah. Because you don't go into a relationship stagnant. No, hundred percent. Or complacent. <laughs> yeah, you put your like best you foot said, forward. Small decisions that lead to the big decisions, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you yep. a real life example. Yesterday, right? Yesterday, I've got a bum knee right now. Uh, blood vessel exploded and like it, it's messed up, right? Sorry to hear that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my sweet sweet wife Sarah was here and we communicated. I was taking the day off. She's yeah. taking the day off, and so. We even said like, hey, you know, maybe after we get a few patients done with documentation, she's a nurse, I'm a, I'm a therapist. Yeah. If we get this done, we could, you know, get it on if it's, if it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And she was down, I was down, right? Yeah. We communicated. Now she gets done early. I'm not done. I am still on this last patient. I'm so close, right? Yeah. She starts making moves on me, right? She starts getting in my ear like, <laughs> babe. Yeah. Like, come on now. Come on. We said, <laughs> you know? After. And yeah. so in 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 that, I, I did stick to the agreement. Yeah. In the moment. I stuck to the agreement. I finished what I was doing. And then I realized she felt rejected. Mm. Right? And what I learned for, from extreme ownership is that there is never a perfect time. Even if we've already communicated a perfect time, there's never a perfect time to make mm-hmm. love to talk about something serious, to do this, whatever, whatever it is, there's never a perfect time. So I recognized that she went to the kitchen and started doing some things. I grabbed my crutch and I walked, wobbled over to her and I said, Hey, I want to let you know, I, I, uh, I had a huge opportunity there and I made a mistake. And I know that you feel like you were rejected and that is not when I wouldn't communicate at all. I love you. You're beautiful can you come here? And then mm. that led to kiss everything yeah. else going upstairs and freaking having amazing <laughs> intercourse. Right? Yeah. But it took me getting over. I could have stuck with, we communicated this. Yeah. Right? That's your freaking I'm, problem. I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's not at all the situation. It's like, that was adorable that she wanted to get, get it going on like that. Yeah. And I'm called to serve her in that way. If yeah. she wants to get it on, we will get it on. Unless yeah. I'm like, I mean, physically I physically on a call. If you were like on a call, <laughs> that might be a bit different. Yes. <laughs> but 100%. you know, being that you were post call, you know, doing your notes, doing the follow up and stuff like that. Yes. Context is key. And like, yes. Yeah. It's good to just really remove your ego, remove what's serving you in the situation, see how we can make it a win win. Yes. And yeah. you know what Tony Robbins says? Do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, right removing that ego. Yeah. 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 And this is the trap, right? Is that so many couples would rather be right than just say, okay, yes, maybe that was the case. Mm-hmm. But is this worth yeah. fighting? Is yeah. this worth the me being right and you being wrong and the hurt feelings and the resentment and then the not talking to each other and sleeping facing opposite directions, you know, going to bed angry is one thing that, um, who says that you should never go to bed angry. I think it's also Tony Robbins. Like, never, yeah, yeah. You should never go to bed angry, right? Like resolve all your issues before you go to sleep. Yeah. And 
it's so, I love what you said there is that you, you realize that you had an opportunity and you either dropped the ball, missed the opportunity, whatever, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for us to feel rejected in a relationship. And it yeah, can be the cool. simplest thing, you know, the simplest thing that somebody was on their phone when you were having a, a conversation with them. That's a big yes. one. Yeah. One more, one more email, babe. Let me just quickly respond to this at the dinner table or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and that loss of connection for that split second, the distraction. Mm. I've always got my phone on sleep mode. Those, those, the iPhones have those new, um, uh, what's it called? Um, where you're looking at sleep, productivity, work, and you can mute certain messages. So for example, work, you could have your assistant, your podcast manager, and maybe a couple other people that can message you when you're in work mode on your phone. But none of your friends, family, group chats, or anything like that will light up or any of your social media platforms. So I literally, when I'm with my partner, I will put my phone on sleep mode, which is my highest level of removal of distractions so that I can be fully present with that person. Gosh. Otherwise it's what's the point of spending time together? Yeah. That's amazing. Right. Cause I mean, we don't live together. So, you know, when you don't live together, when you live together, it's a little different and you own a business and stuff you, but still making time, it's like, okay, batching your, batching your work. And if you have to check email, putting it in half an hour in the evening that you go and be fully present with your work and then mm. you switch off, and then that's when you're fully present with your family, your wife, your partner, whoever. Yeah, friends. 100%. Yeah, be where your feet are. Yep. Being yeah. present, I think, is one of the most powerful gifts you can give to the people around you. 100%. I'm guilty I love what of this. you said, too, about not going, that the scripture says, never let the sun go down on your wrath. Mm. So a lot of people say, I need, like, I need like three business days to process this. No. No, you don't. You can go think about it for a little bit. That's fine. We need five minutes, 10 minutes. That's cool. But we're talking. Yeah. We're going to talk this out. And we're going to have a discussion, not a fight ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There should never be that energy or expectation that we're going to fight about something. That doesn't have to be that way. I can discuss with you my opportunities and your opportunities and our opportunities. Right? Yeah. I love this. Yeah. It's so – it's – I – I'm just, as you're talking, it's just, run, I'm running over these conversations in my head of all these uh, clients that I'm working with. I'm working with three client mm-hmm. couples in particular that this is a very real conversation for us is how do we wow. communicate effectively? And, you mm-hmm. know, even though I do financial coaching, the reason why this new sex and money course is coming out is because every single one of my clients, regardless of how different they are from each other, all of it boils down to the connection between all different aspects of their life. You know, the the communication, the love, the respect, the career, the family time, their finances. If one piece of the pie and the wheel of life is the example that I like to use because it's so clear. If one piece of the pie is missing or is sacrificed, it's going to affect Mm. all other areas of the pie. And in some Mm. people's cases, it's uh, they're they're too addicted to work, right? So they can't shut off. They can't turn their brain off. They're sitting on their phone at the dinner table. They're not spending quality time with their children before they go to bed because they're trying to finish one last project. Or the physical, um, you know, their physical health, they might not be going to the gym or eating right or exercising. So then they're not getting that endorphin release and their cortisol mm-hmm. levels are spiking because they can't 
regulate their stress hormones, like right. whatever it is, there's, there's some piece that is always taking the hit because of the other pieces of the pie. Mm. Yeah. What an opportunity to pursue balance. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel like we could go on forever. And I am very, very excited to have, you know, we were speaking before we jumped on the podcast about having you as a guest speaker on my sex and money course, because I think that everything that we've talked about is so valuable and so relevant to people Mm -hmm. that are, whether they're at the new stages of a relationship or partway through or single or married for 20 years, 20, 30 years, these are all practices that people can be incorporating into their day-to-day actions. 100%. So if people want to reach out to you or learn more about the life coaching that you do, what is the best way for them to get in touch and to work with you? Yeah, I would say uh, email or any of the social media platforms. So email would be abundancecoachingllc at gmail.com. Great. We'll put that and then in the link we below. Have, yeah, perfect. And then we have the social media. Right now, Jimmy LaRue. My first and last name, J-I-M-M-Y, LaRue, looks like LaRoe, L-A-R-O-W-E. So Jimmy LaRue, that's my Instagram handle. And then if you want to go to the Abundance Life, that's Abundance Life underscore coaching. Amazing. Yeah. And I know you've got such a wealth of experience and some programs coming up. What are some of the programs that you've got coming in the future? Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have some seminars that are going to be coming up in the future too. I'm looking to get my master level practitioner for NLP before I do that. Um, But the next things really, they're they're in process. So there's nothing that's been established just yet, but there's a lot on the horizon. So I would say, follow me on social media and just watch the story unfold. Yep. And so you work with one-on-one clients um, presently, right? So if people want to do life coaching, that's, that's your bread and butter? 100%. 100%. Yep. And I do usually month to month. Yep. A lot of people like to solidify a year. If they want to do that, they can. I've just noticed there's a lot of value in maximizing your months when you're mm-hmm. with me. Amazing. So, Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of this valuable information today. I feel like we could talk for hours mm-hmm. on these topics and you know 100%. go down so many different roads, but um, I will save it for the course as well. So thank you so much. And if you are listening to this podcast and you want to connect with Jimmy, just mention that you found him from the Make That Money Honey podcast so that he knows where you came from and the, and the amazing conversation that we had around relationships, intimacy, how to connect with people in general, not just your partner. But this has been so great, Jimmy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey. Honey.